We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's another live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. You deserve a checking account that always goes for two. I think the analytics on it are probably great. 2% cash back, that is. Earn more on everyday purchases with Emprise Bank. Member FDIC, our partner Impossible. And speaking of impossible, I, I thought it was impossible that the Chiefs would be the one seed going into this week and here we are and we're going to talk about that and plenty more and he'll help me do it or my dear pals first find him on twitter at chief in carolina matthew lane hello my friend what is good with you way to be a pessimist kent i think we all knew the chiefs were going to be here at this point in time it was never in doubt that the chiefs are going to be the one seed come you know the 75 75th percentile of december passing by the chiefs are the one seed they're not letting it go i'm i'm sorry listeners kent did not believe the rest of us did. Craig, welcome to being a fan of the number one seed in the AFC. It's been a minute since we've been here, but we're back. Like you and I been, been been a minute, man. I, I I remember this team being the one seed last year. This is just all they do now is just show up, be the one seed, go into the playoffs as the one seed. This, this is great. I mean, it's exactly what we all expected, you know, with the defense. You know, really shouldering the load too like that <laughs> i, I, I want to listen <laughs> this is this, every is this single week, week is this the week to do the defensive dance <laughs> i i don't listen they're allowed one anomaly performance when they're that, missing three starters right. like come on now Let, let's be fair. fair to them chargers so, fans have told me all week on twitter that it's an anomaly because they're missing guys so yeah yeah derwin james was missing yeah big <laughs> loss. don't get don't get me wrong it's a big loss but like come on now don't 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 talk to this team about missing players. So anyway, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Chiefs missed some players last week, and it looks like there's a chance they might miss some again this week because we got some announcements today about some players being placed on the COVID list, uh, namely Travis Kelsey, Charvarius Ward, and Harrison Butker. Those are three pretty big ones, three different areas. You know, all three all three facets facets of the game. Um, it's uh it's it's not a great what would what, what would this team look like without Travis Kelsey, Maddie? Like, is this a good week to be potentially without Travis Kelsey? You muted there's, Maddie. There's no there's Obviously. no good week to be without Travis Kelsey. I was I I was so taken aback by your question that I had to mute myself so I didn't, <laughs> you know, cuss and have to change this to like a you know R-rated podcast. That that's what was going on. Um the Chiefs, okay, if there was a week where the Chiefs could probably win without Travis Kelsey, yeah, it would probably be the Pittsburgh Steelers because, like, six points is probably enough to beat that off. <laughs> However, that being said, 
I don't trust the Chiefs offense right now to do much without Kelsey. I We're going to talk about it later in the show. I do think they did get some stuff going in this game, but the stuff they got going was titled 1A, Travis Kelsey, 1B, Tyree Kill. So like once you take one of those away, once they finally got it rolling, I don't think that would look good. Now, I think Craig's a little bit more up to date on this, so hopefully I'm not setting him up for failure. The new COVID rules that are kind of going in place now, I believe are kind of in effect, and that should help the Chiefs, hopefully, if the players are vaccinated, get back on the field a lot quicker this time around. Yeah, Travis Kelsey only needs a singular negative test and to be asymptomatic, which according to all the reports that we've heard so far, he is asymptomatic. Most of the guys that are that are here with the Chiefs yeah. are asymptomatic per, you know, I, I think maybe that was Nate Taylor that put that report out there from The Athletic. So that's good to hear first first and foremost because it, it, it sucks to have it. So second, second of all, having that singular negative test should get Travis Kelsey, Charvarius Ward, Harrison Butker, guys that also went on the list today, off of that list quicker. Now, the thing that I found interesting, those guys from last week, uh, Chris Jones, Lajarius Sneed, Willie Gay Jr., have to still pass two. They are still under Ooh. the old protocol. They still have to have two negative tests. Obviously, they've got a little more time since the initial positive tests that they were taking. So ideally, all of those guys can come off of the COVID list before Sunday. But this team definitely needs to be prepared for a game without one Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, if he plays in this game, is going to eat by the way. I know that we'll we'll get into the game preview part of this a little bit later, but holy cow, the Steelers struggle with defending the middle of the field. He would just destroy them. So if you're a Chiefs fan that wants to see Travis Kelsey just rack up all kinds of you know, statistics again, hope that he gets that in the tag, negative test. So yeah, it's I it, obviously like these are like losing anybody is all difficult. We saw last week on the defensive side of the ball that losing mm -hmm. guys is a challenge. Chiefs have been without Charvarius Ward. They've been able to survive without him. Travis Kelsey's a different beast, obviously. And so that's a that's a pretty important, pretty important piece to this thing. Harrison Bucker, too, if you get into a close game. Uh, didn't they sign? I believe they signed Elliot Fry last week to the practice squad. That was extremely uh timely of them to do that. Um, you know, and it sounds like it does sound like Harrison Butker will miss this game, correct? Uh, he hasn't been officially ruled out yet. I think people are just reading the tea leaves a little bit with the uh, signing of a kicker that they could have just ah. protected on the practice squad. Yeah, that would uh, that would make some sense there. So we'll be it'll be interesting to see if Harrison Bucker is able to able to return back in time for that one as well. But um, yeah, Chiefs a little bit shorthanded potentially. Hopefully not, because I mean, look, this team has scratched and clawed their way all the way back somehow. To the one seed they have no tiebreakers at all with anybody basically in the playoff picture uh except for the browns who are currently driving down the field right now against the las vegas raiders with a chance to take the league with nick mullins at quarterback um but i mean they, they really don't hold any tiebreakers they don't you know they, they had to win outright and it, after the week seven game it did not seem like it was remotely feasible that this team would be able to be in the position they are and they still have three weeks to go. And they are now in the driver's seat for the one seat. And what's crazy is there's a decent chance this team can have a two-game lead in the AFC 
I, Craig, you kind of talked a little bit about it this week. You know, the formula and the in the scenario for the Chiefs to potentially be able to rest their starters in week 18 is very much in play now, isn't it? Oh, man. Yeah. About three or four weeks ago when the AFC started deciding that they were just going <laughs> to let the Chiefs claw their way back into this. Like I started looking at some of the results that needed to go the Chiefs way within reason. Obviously, I'm not picking the Texans or the Jaguars to factor into all of this. But this past week was arguably the most important week for the Chiefs one seed possibility and also for the possibility to get the one seed and not have to play in week 18. Like get two <laughs> games, two weeks off, and everything broke exactly the way that the Chiefs needed it to. The, the New England Patriots losing to the Colts. And then you've also got um, the, the Ravens losing to the Packers. And then the Titans losing to the Steelers. Now, coming up next week, short week, Titans have the San Francisco 49ers. New England Patriots have the Buffalo Bills. Woo! There is a chance by the time the Chiefs kick off this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, they could have a one and a half game lead with a win pushing them to two games lead. That would mean all they'd have to do is beat the Bengals in week 17. And there's nothing that matters in week 18 at all. Like everything lined up perfectly this last week the AFC just laid it out on the table and said here you go Kansas City we're giving it to you again so it's up to the Chiefs to step up take it over the next two weeks if they need that third week obviously you know playing the Broncos show up beat down a division rival as well but really good to be in the position the Chiefs are right now with the remaining schedules for some of the teams that these guys have to play I mean, and when you look through the schedules, I think the Chiefs have a relatively favorable one compared to these other teams, you know, competing for that top. The Titans schedule is actually very easy. They play nobody, but they're not a good football team right now. Like it's plain and simple. They're not a good football team. So outside of them, the Chiefs have an easier path than the Patriots, than the Bengals, than the Colts. Than, I mean, the Chargers, I guess, would have roughly the same level of the Chiefs do. But like the Bills, these are all the teams that are – cheese. there's so many teams that are eight and six. These are all the teams <laughs> within two games of the Chiefs. Like they would need a lot of help from the Chiefs to lose. So it really seems like it's going to be up to the Patriots or the Titans to catch them just without being that one game back. But it's still going to require the Chiefs to lose a game. And I just, the way the Chiefs are playing right now, that's not looking likely. It's a, that Bengals game is going to be the big one. But, mm -hmm. but if you get, there's like, if you're the Chiefs, you look about taking care of business. So you go in and you beat the Steelers who are a vastly inferior team to you. Like I'm not the most homeristic, you know, hyper complimentary Chiefs fan out there. The Pittsburgh Steelers are very, very, very much beneath the Chiefs in terms of overall talent and the way <laughs> those teams are playing right now. The Chiefs should win that game very easily. So you just have to get to that Bengals game and then the best part about that, you get two chances to get the ones, even if you lose to the Bengals, like it's still available to you. Now, it's not a guarantee. You would still need a little bit of help at that point in time, but it's available to you. So the Chiefs just got to take it one week at a time. They get to control their own destiny at this point in time. Like it, it couldn't be lining up any better for them. Now, I will say, I start looking at, so I start looking past this. I start looking to the actual playoff schedule and just kind of seeing who we want to make it in the bottom end of these playoffs. That's where I want to focus, Kent. Who do you want to see kind of make the last, you know, the last three spots? Who do you want to be in the last three spots making the playoffs right now? Ooh, um, 
I think we talked a bit lo- a little bit about this in twenty one questions. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't want I I don't think anybody wants to play the Colts. So there's a team that I'd be a little bit worried about. Um, Browns would I'd be rooting for the Browns right now. Uh, I'd be rooting. Who I'd be rooting for Denver and I'd be rooting for the Dolphins. Like I think those are the teams that are still very much in play right now in the playoffs. I think I mean I think the Dolphins could get hot here a little bit because. And the Dolphins, like I, like I know you just said, the Titans run here is a little bit, um, it's it's a little easy. I don't think it's that easy. In fact, they're not favored next week against the San Francisco 49ers at home. The Niners they are three and a half. They're a bad team, though. That's not they because the 49ers be. are good. It's because the Titans are bad. The, the Niners are in the playoff mix too here, by the way, and yeah. as are the Miami Dolphins. And the, the next two games for the Dolphins or for the for the Titans are the are the Niners and the Dolphins. I don't think the Dolphins are particularly good. But they are, and like again, I'm rooting for them to make the playoffs. But that I think I think these are two very droppable games for the Titans. And I think I think the Bills are flat out beating the Patriots this week, too. So okay, let me I, clarify like, this. No, no, no. Let me clarify. Buffalo Bills, Los Angeles Chargers, Indianapolis Colts. Which one of them is the seven seed? Who do you not want to be the seven seed? Because that's I feel like those teams, those the, each one of those three teams has a good chance to win their first round playoff matchup. So if that's who you're looking at the seven seed, that's who the Chiefs would play if they win. Who out of those teams do you not want? The Bills, the Chargers, the Colts. Uh, I don't like. I, I think I said I don't want to play the Bills. I don't want to play the Bills. I'm still yeah. terrified of the Bills. I think they have the highest ceiling of any team. They've come in and bopped the Chiefs already this year. Um, that's the team I'm most worried about, frankly. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm 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 terrified of the Bills, and I know I know one of y'all is going to jump in here with the Chargers. <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not terrified of the Bills for whatever reason. I have an irrational confidence that this team would just shellack the bills I, I don't know i don't know if it's missing tredavious white i don't know if it's the defensive turnaround i don't know what it is because yeah i agree with kent like the bills do have a high ceiling don't get me wrong good football team but i just have an irrational confidence that this team would would whoop the bills in the playoffs <laughs> that being said it's really hard to beat a divisional opponent twice especially when you've gone kind of down to the wire in both of those games. Like it's, it is difficult to line up a second time and have the number of the team that you're playing against. The Chiefs were able to make just a terrific comeback. You know, that first game obviously did not go their way with all the turnovers. I don't want any part of the Chargers. I just, I, I don't like the matchup, the Chiefs. I don't like, what they do well. I don't like how aggressive they are. I feel like <laughs> Steve Spagnolo can knock around some of these teams and get them in favorable situations. And I feel like Brandon Staley and the Chargers just kind of have the Chiefs number a little bit. Now, obviously, you know, the Chiefs came out and they won. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying they can't win. I just feel like that's the toughest game of all of them where it stands right now. I'm I'm with Craig there. I think that's the toughest game because they have the best quarterback of those three. I don't think Josh Allen's playing that good this year. He's simply not. And now he's hurt. So I think you have the fact that it, it's a foot injury to a quarterback that has really hurt the Chiefs, but a lot of defenses in the NFL with his athleticism, with his ability to run, if that's even slightly limited with the way that offensive line's playing, losing their best defensive player on the other side, like I'm with Craig. I just, for some reason, I do think that the Chiefs have a really good shot to get rid of the Bills without much pushback. Colts, I mean, come on, 57 passing yards. No, thank you. Get <laughs> I'm sorry. No, please bring I'm it still, on. Please. I, look, I still please. respect the Colts, man. I, I still respect the Colts a lot. And listen, listen, those three teams 
are three teams that I don't want to like. I would much rather play the teams above them than any one of those three teams. Yeah. But give well, me the but, Patriots. Give me the the Ravens. Give me the you know. Give me whoever above them. I think the good I, thing is is all those teams are kind of favored or <laughs> in a position where they probably are going to be traveling on the road in the first round. They're going to have to travel. They're going to have to play an extra game more than they're going to play an extra game more than the Chiefs. That's massive. And like I I don't want to overstate how important I think this two game swing could be. Like I like I know like Chiefs take care of business. They're good. They run the table. But like what we're looking at this week with the chaos of the COVID list. I don't want to put I don't want to put any game at risk because of the COVID list. A two game buffer with three to go would be massive in case that things get crazy here for the Steelers game. Like, and we're just sitting here rooting for the Chiefs to, you know, like we're rooting for these two games before the Chiefs even play, but they had to play with God forbid Patrick Mahomes because he pops up on the list. Now they've got a two game late lead and one game to play with here because COVID hits them hard. So like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I, I'm not, my mind's not on the playoff teams quite yet. I, I still don't think this team's in the clear. But like this team, I'm in hitting a fast show. forward. Just get me to the playoffs. I know, I know. You, I it's so funny because like now all of a sudden you're just like, you know, we're, we're sitting here scratching and clawing. We climb our way out. There's three games to go, and now you're like, all right, so who has to come to Arrowhead? I mean, yeah, this is, this is where we've always been. I've been here since I, three years ago, buddy. I know. This is, it's, just, it's just funny oh. to see the swag back. By the way, uh, Cleveland has taken the lead against the Las Vegas Raiders. So uh, please put that Cleveland can, in the in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Give, give me Cleveland. That's the easiest. Oh, and Baltimore. Put Baltimore say, in there too. I wanted to get back to my Colts point of the Colts game real quick because I the Colts are what they're doing. They're a fun story. That defense plays really hard. I love what Frank Reich and Matt Everflus have done there. That defense to me in the playoffs, especially if you have a bye week to prepare for them, is going to get torched. I have said that since they started running that style of defense, that cover two heavy defense, a lot of the Tampa stuff that gets beat by good offenses when they have time to prepare, when that's what matters. I am not afraid of that defense whatsoever. They're playing really good. Like they're playing really hard and good. I think it's the same thing that happened the last time the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs played the Colts in the playoffs. It's just, you can't match up with a good offense with that style of defense very well. So Colts not afraid of, Bill's not afraid of, it's the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert, out of all these guys I mentioned, is the one quarterback they can go throw for throw with Patrick Mahomes right now, the way they're playing. When that happens, you're going to have a lot of one-score games down to, well, almost the last possession until the Chiefs defense came up big and stuffed Justin Herbert. But it essentially it's coming down to the last possession because how good those quarterbacks are playing. I don't want to play the Chargers again at all. No, get them, they can lose to anybody else. Get them out of here. Get them out of here. I mean, put, them, put them on the completely opposite side of the bracket as far as I'm concerned. Just take them remove them from the city just like you should remove every liquor store that is not macadoodles from kansas city there's a lot of good ones don't get me wrong i'm not trying to put anybody out of business here or anything like that but it's christmas craig they're clearly inferior to macadoodles macadoodles is bringing one to kansas city in the summer of 2022 bringing one to lee's summit we need more and we need to shoehorn them in because it is the best liquor store that you can put in Kansas City right now. Selection, prices, customer service are all top notch. I've said it before. It's like printing money. So if you're a franchisee, you need to get a hold of Roger. Info at macadoodles.com. Get more of these to Kansas City in more places. It's like free money. So go ahead and do it. 
get a hold of him right now. Well done, Gregory. Um, okay, so we've talked a little bit about the, the Chiefs kind of playoff play out outlook now and how drastically it's changed in such a short amount of time. Obviously, they can't let the foot off the gas. There's three games left to go, yada, yada, yada. Uh, there's still a lot to kind of discover and unpack about this football team. I think there's discussions worth having about what we just saw on Thursday Night Football. It's obviously been a little bit of a time since we've got to talk more about it, you know, now that we've had a chance to look at the film a little bit more. Because, you know, the last time we all talked, really, I think, you know, was the post-game show just specifically about this game. So, um, I guess, you know, we've had so many questions about this team all year. Maddie, I guess for me, what from that game do you think, like, I, like what, 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 ta- what big takeaways did you have from that game? Like, what were the things that you're going to hold on to that tell you something about this team now and, and their outlook moving forward as they pursue another Super Bowl? Well, spoiler, tomorrow on kcsn.substack.com, you can find an article talking about the Chiefs' offensive performance. And it's not just, you know, oh, hey, the Chiefs scored a bunch of points. I kind of looked at how the Chiefs were able to find a lot of success in that fourth quarter and in overtime throwing the ball a little bit more vertically, beating a specific kind of defense, and then kind of compared and contrasted that to the beginning of the game where they also were moving the ball and scoring points against an entirely different type of defense. And that's kind of where I think you have to be happy as a Chiefs fan. So I think it will be best to work through it kind of chronologically. Kent, you break down the scripted plays kind of every single week. So what were you seeing on how the Chiefs were able to move the ball to start the game? And like, okay, so from what I saw, the Chargers were playing a lot of too high stuff to start the game. They lived in a lot of cover two. There was some quarter, quarter, half stuff in there, but there's a lot of too high stuff. And the Chiefs moved the ball down the field easily twice. Like, how did they go about doing that in those first two drives? Well, they play a lot of soft coverage too. It wasn't just the you know the two high structure like, and I think a lot of teams tend to do that. It's like they try to play a little bit more soft coverage early in the game for the Chiefs. And the Chiefs did a great job of attacking short, kind of getting you know stacks with Ty- Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and letting like one of them work underneath a vertical uh, vertical stem by a guy like a Byron Pringle. So a couple of big plays on the opening drive, for instance, they were able to convert on that second long you know win after the Creed Humphrey hold. Uh, on the second long, they kind of ran up vertical and, and and Travis Kelsey ran an out route. And then same, similar kind of look, but, you know, uh, Byron Pringle running vertical, Ty- Tyreek Hill sitting underneath and being able to get, you know, a, a gain of, uh, you know, a first down. So, like, they, you know, they, they were doing a lot of that kind of stuff, working short, but Andy was in his bag, too. Andy actually set up a uh, – the, the Michael Burton screen was set up earlier in the first opening drive. Exact same formation, exact same motion, exact same play action – it looked like they were taking another shot down the field, but instead they just popped it to Michael Burton. Like Andy was in his bag a little bit. They did a great job attacking short, putting the ball in their star's hands, which is always a good thing. And, and it worked and they converted and they drove down the field with a lot of ease. Um, it was, yeah. I mean, that, that was probably the summation of what I saw earlier in the game. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show 
by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, so Chargers come out, and I agree with everything that Ken said. They're playing softer covers. They're protecting over the top, but they are definitely basing out of this too high look. So the Chiefs did all that. You know what else they did? They ran the ball pretty well. They averaged over five yards per running back carry. This is taking away a McCole Hardman in a round that went for zero yards, but they averaged over five yards per carry on those first two drives. This is important because they had like 37 rushing yards as first two drives and the running backs ended the game with like 53. So it definitely went downhill quick, mm. but part <laughs> of that was what the Chargers did to adjust. So coming after that, you get the really bad Chiefs three and out drive and a couple turnovers on a turnover on downs, a fumbled interception. But that was kind of when the Chargers were changing their defense. So I'll let Craig jump in if he kind of has any thoughts on what the Chargers were doing before, you know, I kind of railroad the rest of this conversation. <laughs> uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I know that they were they were kind of spinning to some of that quarter, quarter, half stuff, getting to a little bit more single high stuff. And, you know, I, I did notice a couple of times that, you know, the traditional match rules for some of that quarter, quarter, half stuff, they weren't abiding by it fully. Like they, they were, they were passing some stuff off that typically rules. Like if you're standing back there as Patrick Mahomes, it's like, Oh, I recognize this coverage. So that I expect this guy to be, here. no, no, they were switching some stuff up underneath. I think you saw that with some hesitancy when he was looking, looking for guys. So it was a really good job by Brandon Staley kind of throwing a couple of wrinkles underneath when the chiefs are trying to, you know, identify coverages get some switch releases off the line of scrimmage things like that to try and set the coverage rules in their favor they did a really good job of modifying those now not to say that everybody was gloved up but it definitely caused some hesitancy between Patrick Mahomes and his receivers knowing that oh oh crap that guy's not where I thought he was going to be and having to reset a little bit so did see a little bit of that it was kind of creative by Brendan Staley yeah, and I want to give the Chargers a ton of credit because they, they got out of the two high looks, but they didn't come out and play some kind of Gus Bradley basic cover three, cover one combo. No, they played, <laughs> right. they did play a lot of quarter, quarter, half stuff, but what they were doing is they would rotate the half safety, would actually play almost more like a center fielder if Tyreek Hill wasn't an isolated receiver on the backside. So there's a couple hmm. plays where the Chiefs went empty and a running back was wide on one side or Demarcus Robinson was the isolated receiver. They said, heck with that. They left that entire side of the field one-on-one -on -one with zero safety help anywhere near it. They rotated that deep safety away from that to the middle of the field. They were cutting every crosser with a free linebacker. So anything that was across a free linebacker was playing a shallow hook zone would take that crosser and the cornerback would just replace him. So like they, even if it was man, they were still doing that. They were taking away those short routes. And like Craig said, I think you saw that lead to some hesitancy. They were crashing on the run a little bit better. So what the Chiefs ended up doing, they came on, they adjust that. They picked up on the tendencies of what the Chargers were doing on how they were playing, you know, the three by one formations. How when the Chiefs went two by two, the Chargers were almost always blitzing. They were coming with some fire zone stuff. They were bringing an extra linebacker when the Chiefs went two by two and they were trying to get the ball out quickly. The Chiefs picked up on that down the stretch. So it was nice to see, you know, put a feather in the cap for the crowd that says the Chiefs adjust really well. Because I think this is the first time in a long time you've actually seen the Chiefs offense very clearly pull almost a 180 from their plan of attack to start the game to later on because you run a lot of court or corner routes. You started seeing them push the ball to Tyree Kill a little bit more vertically, getting some of those deep crossers again down the stretch. And it's because the Chargers were allowing those things to get in there in order to take away what the Chiefs had success with to start the game. Well, okay, so Craig, um, defensively, you know, like obviously this team didn't really have a ton 
uh, and didn't have all their, you know, talent on the field. They, they had guys at every level of defense that were um, unavailable. So what do you take away from this defensive performance? It was obviously less than what we've seen historically, this large sample size we're getting. What are your big takeaways, though, from what we saw from the defense? Uh, my big takeaway is the secondary is where the Chiefs' depth is. Uh, the the guys that eh, not that the linebackers were, were garbage <laughs> or anything like that, but the the rest uh, the other levels of the Chiefs' defense really struggled without you know Chris Jones, Willie Gay Jr. up there. I went through and recharted a lot of some of this stuff. You know, given a little time from it, boy, this is a game that Turk Wharton's just going to want to move on from. Like he he has been better than he was in this game. He was having to play a lot more snaps uh, because Chris Jones obviously wasn't there, and it makes sense. You know, Dirk Wharton should be the guy that lines up and does that. Chargers just double teamed him all the way up to the second level repeatedly. A lot of the big runs you remember are with Turk Wharton on the field, and he's getting blown off the ball. Mm. And those offensive linemen are basically walking Wharton up to the linebackers and then peeling off. And because the linebackers aren't able to play downhill because they were missing Willie Gay. So, I mean, you got to see kind of a combination of those two things work really against the Chiefs. And then the Chargers recognized that and went, okay, well, we're just going to attack Turk Wharton. We're going to attack the middle of this. We're going to attack these linebackers that aren't playing aggressively downhill if it's not a run blitz. And we're going to try and just load up. They ran so many plays in a row that were just run plays. They're not a run heavy team. And they were against the Chiefs this past weekend. So it was interesting to see them find success. I I do think that it makes a significant difference. And I know that that's like the easiest thing in the world to say, oh, Chris Jones and Willie Gay Jr. and Legereus Need make a significant difference. But more so than it even was maybe suspected with the offensive line that the chargers had they're depleted they had some backups in there they were able to lean on the chiefs defensive line a little bit and these guys were tired Derek naughty had his most pass rush snaps of the year this week he rushed the passer 22 times you don't want your nose tackle unless you're fitavea you don't want your nose tackle rushing the passer that many times and i mean listen Derek, he went out there he tried to do his job the best that he can the defensive line is depleted but because they couldn't get off the field because they couldn't get ahead of the sticks he was just on the field a lot when the chargers were passing there weren't very many obvious passing downs and so they just had to rely on some of their base down personnel to try and win against the pass it was a lack of pressure as well it just all compounds not having some of those guys there to get a stop or two stops and get ahead of the chains. It, it was just a little bit rough to watch from the defensive side of the ball. Maddie, I know you have opinions about this defensive line and linebacker performance this week. Yeah. And I don't, so I don't want to make like excuses and come across again. I'm not the most, you know, <laughs> positive Chiefs fan at all times, but I really think you kind of have to throw this performance out and it stinks to stack that up on top of another performance against the same Chargers kind of offense. But the Chargers, both times they played the Chiefs, have done a really good job attacking the Chiefs at a weak point that's not going to be a weak point week in and week out. 
you look at that first game, they threw a lot of passes down the field to the outside corners because the Chiefs did not have their you know starting outside corners in there at that time. They beat up Mike Hughes, who's playing much better now. I want to say that Mike Hughes played yeah. a really good game. I thought actually he might have been mm-hmm. the best defender on the field for the Chiefs. He was really, really good. But the first game, they beat him up a lot. They were getting vertical with those outside receivers. Legereus Steed wasn't playing his best football of the year at that point in time. Keenan Allen was able to beat him out of the slot. Like they found the areas where they had the clear advantage that day and relentlessly attacked it. What did they do this time? They found the area of the field, the middle of the field, where Legereus Steed and Willie Gay, the two best athletes on defense, were not on the were not out there, where Chris Jones was not out there, and attacked it relentlessly. The Chargers, great coaching. Great job by Justin Herbert to recognize their advantage. Like, if you're the Chargers, you feel great about this. You're not like, oh, man, we just beat up their weakest link. No, no, you feel great. But as a Chiefs fan, you have to remember the Chiefs did not have any speed on the field. Like, you could argue that their most athletic player at every single position, not even just their best, but just their most athletic, their fastest, the guy that moves the best at every single position wasn't out there at any point in time. So, like, I think the Chargers did a good job doing that. They attacked the cutback lanes because of whether it was Bolton or Neiman or whoever was just slow to close in from the backside. They did a really bad job scraping down and squeezing out the cutback lanes when they were running at a linebacker. They didn't have a single linebacker that's capable of taking on a, blo- a pulling blocker in the gap. Like they took advantage of no Willie Gay there. They took advantage of no Chris Jones in the middle. So Justin Herbert, even if the edge pressure was going to get there, he could just step up no problem because there's no pass rush there. There's nothing to worry about when they needed a big play. Keenan Allen's being isolated one-on-one with Rashad Fenton in the slot. You know, sometimes Tyron Matthew, I don't want to take anything away, but Tyron Matthew has not been a primary slot defender for the Chiefs in two years for a reason. Like they were able to take advantage of their mismatches because of the guys that were out. I think you just throw this game away if you're a Chiefs fan in terms of how the defense is playing and cross your fingers that you get Chris Jones, Willie Gay, and Legereus Sneed back the next time you play a good offense because they really do make a – I don't know if you could come up with three a combination of three players that aren't just like Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, and whoever you will say is the next third best player right. that are going to make that big of a difference. Like Willie Gay, I think, gets overlooked as being rising, being developing, and being better, but not already there. And I don't know if I disagree with that, but his impact – on what the Chiefs ask him to do, what ha- replacing him with Bolton or Neiman does, I do think makes a huge difference. Speaking of impact, I think, you know, proposing to someone is probably a very, very impactful moment in your life. And if you're looking to buy an engagement ring and you don't talk to Ruback Fine Jewelry here in Kansas City, you're making a huge mistake because they are, uh, without a doubt, the best value and the best experience in Kansas City. I'll put them up against anybody in the city. You set an appointment with Hal, he's going to sit down with you. He's going to explain as little or as much about the ring buying process as you want to know. He's going to be as transparent with you throughout the entire thing. You're going to give him a budget. He's not going to try to budge on that budget and try to push you beyond what you're comfortable doing. He's going to find something that makes it work within what you're willing to spend. I promise you, you're not going to find as unique of experience here in Kansas City as you will with Ruback Fine Jewelry. Make sure if you are looking to buy an engagement ring, you go to ruback.co, you set an appointment with Hal, or you'll get his full attention in the store. You will not regret it. I'll put him up against anybody. Ruback.co. Again, make sure you check them out. All right. I think it's time to hand out some helmet stickers, butt slaps, and whatever Craig wants to hand out. But Craig has something he wants to say before we do that, I guess. Yes, so let's get into it. Listen, I, I just wanted to visually interrupt you because Maddie hadn't done it yet. And I just, I feel like this show's not complete unless there's an interruption. 
And I, was I did want to point out. That's okay. <laughs> I did want to point out rewatching everything. Um, ben Neiman seems to be replaced in the dime defense. It wasn't just Nick Bolton. It was Anthony Hitchens as well in the early going. Um, Ben Neiman was still playing plenty in the base defense, and he got plenty of reps because the Chargers played a lot of heavy personnel. So he played plenty of snaps. But when the Chiefs got to the dime defense, when they were in that scenario, when it was early down stuff or short distance, that was Anthony Hitchens. When it was long distance, especially at the end of the game, it was Nick Bolton. So that's something that is worth paying extra special attention to. The Chiefs haven't given that spot to anybody but Ben Neiman for three years now. This is the first time we've seen him replaced. It's the first time that we've seen anybody else come in and take those reps from him when he was clearly able to still play. So take note of that. Going forward here, there may have been a switch. It may be something that we'll see with the Chiefs going forward. Can we play a quick round of over-under for some Chiefs player stats? Because we don't, we're, we're at a good time right now. I mean, like, we're going to get out of here super quick. So we want to just hit some quick over-under predictions on the season. Let's or, do it. Are, we, are you guys calling it good? Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Re- uh, is useful Regis coming out here? Uh, <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It has been a while, but it is time. Youthful Regis is back. It has been over 374 and a half days since he has been here on this podcast. But we are here. We are ready. We have the contestants. In the left corner, Kent, babyface Swanson versus Craig, the magician stout. First up, (laughs) over under, Chris Jones, 10 sacks on the season. He is currently at seven. He would have to have three more sacks, three and a half more sacks. We're not counting half sacks. Over nine and a half sacks for Chris Jones on the year. The magician, you are up first. Oh, it's it's going to be over, and it might be this weekend. <laughs> the Steelers' <laughs> offensive line is bad, and Ben doesn't throw the ball away. So he's going to get it, yeah. Babyface, before you answer, some background information. This would only be the second time in Chris Jones' career that he goes over double-digit sacks. I will be taking the under because he only has two games to complete that. Because they are Ooh. getting... The one seed locked up by week 18. The magician takes this one. Move you on. Think, wait, wait, wait. You, you think that Joe Burrow is going to stay protected against Chris Jones as well? I mean, come on. Like, Chris Jones is going to eat over the next two weeks if he plays. The magician makes a great case. This is why he wins. The magician up one nothing. All right. Coming up next. This one's a little bit more of a disappointment. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Total scrimmage yards of 800. Yeah, that you heard that right. 800 for your first round pick. He is currently at 615. So babyface, is he going to get there? Yes, he will. Uh, barely. Man. Over. Uh, Magician, what say you? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go over as well. I think they're going to put a concerted effort on trying to get him going. I think you can run on the Steelers. And I think you can throw to running backs on the Steelers. That's exactly how the Titans beat them with worse running backs and worse, you know, play calls than, yeah, <laughs> than, than the Kansas City Chiefs are through in the play calling as well, Maddie. So, I yeah, no, I think I think there's an over, and I think it's a big game this weekend. Maddie left, but Youthful Regis accepts that. You guys are both wrong. Ah. It is still the Magician one, babyface zero. Next up. Travis Kelsey over 
nine touchdowns. He currently sits at seven. And now with this status for this game up in the air, what say you, magician? Over. He's still playing this weekend. He's going to get a negative test, and he's going to be able to go over that between these next two games. And how is it wrong when it's a season-long over-under? I'm not sure the rules of this game. Deducted one point. We are back to 0-0. Babyface, you are up for the the Travis Kelsey total touchdowns on the year going over nine. For reference, some background information. This is Travis Kelsey's lowest amount of receptions per game since the 2017 season. All right, continue, babyface. Uh, I will I will take the over on this. I am buying Travis Kelsey. I am buying this offense continuing to uh, grow and develop and, and kind of build off of what we just saw against the Chargers. They're coming off a mini-buy. I don't care if Travis Kelsey doesn't play this game. He's still getting over. You guys are correct. We had to check the judges' table for that one, but you guys both now have one point. It is tied going into the last round. Babyface, you will be up first. This is a big one. Tyreek Hill is currently sitting at 1,178 yards. Does he go over 1,400 yards for the season? Uh, I will say he does not. That's a very tight line. It's a very close line. I think he gets under, but it's a, it's a very good line by the youthful Regis, I believe. The Magician, background information before you answer. This is Tyreek Hill's second lowest yards per reception of his career. Only one lower, his rookie season where he played pseudo running back receiver. So will he go over 1,400 yards catching the shortest passes he has of his career as a full-time wide receiver? Yeah, because... It, That's while they right, may you be... win! <laughs> Round of applause for the magician! He takes this one home! Babyface goes down again! Get this man some macadoodles right now! He's going yeah, to talk too. about his volume stats and how they had more receptions and why yard. Okay, yeah. Go why don't ahead. you give yeah. him a vo- ball of vodka in a minute uh, so you can explain all those stats? Because I think it's back. time to that hand all those gorgeous. out. That was great. Uh, yeah, he did He did great. He's still a jerk. Um, still don't understand any of his games or any of the rules to his games. And I still never win. <laughs> no, I he didn't make it to a map again. Good God. Uh, I'm going to hand out a helmet sticker, I think here, right? I'm going to hand one out. Uh, I'm going to hand one out to Patrick LeVon Mahomes. I don't care if I don't get to, if I not, if I'm going full homer here, that was a lot of fun to watch. That was great to see him out of his shell. It was very enjoyable. Close to the game. Three straight drives over 75, 75 yards, uh, explosive plays, creation out of structure. Uh, I loved him staring down the chargers sideline. Uh, y'all done messed up AFC. Y'all done messed up because now the best player in the world's got his swagger back. They're sitting atop the AFC with a game lead, and things are sitting real pretty. You made a big mistake. Y'all shouldn't have messed up. I, I butt slaps her out, and I guess it's the game pass because this game happened so long ago. I had to rewatch <laughs> it to know what the heck was going on. No, I'm kidding. I would never, never give game pass its due credit. I have to watch the international <laughs> version because the product stinks so very bad. Um, butt slap to, to Michael Burton. Um, I think we called out Blake Bell last week, or I did, for you know being an important part of what the Chiefs are doing, and I still think he is. But I think Michael Burton took on a little bit of that role. They got him involved a little bit more early to give you the heavy personnel. He obviously had the long screen pass, the touchdown run. So the Chiefs use him. They found a way to use him. They've used him very well. 
him and Blake Bell have given them some avenues to beating the too high structure without it being like overtly obvious to a lot of people that just adding those guys on the field can make it difficult for teams to play too high versus that kind of heavier personnel. So Michael Burton's done a good job this year for the Chiefs. And every time they run fullback belly behind Trey Smith, it works. So like that. <laughs> oh man, every time for like four yards, it's crazy. <laughs> like it's the ultimate, like, yeah, Blake Bill lining up as a QB sneak is awesome and all. Like I, and I'm cool with doing more of it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like, man, Michael Burton running. Whew. All right, I'm not I got Regis. Regis. This is a quick, 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 quick one though. Quick, quick, quick one. I'm not using Regis, but over <laughs> under 0.5 QB sneaks the rest of Patrick Mahomes' career. With Andy Reid. Oh, with Andy Reid? Under. Yeah, with Andy Reid. Yeah, I think it's the under. I think it's the under. Unless they just, like, save it for the Super Bowl. Okay, continue. Sorry. Yeah. I got two whole-ass bottles of vodka to hand out here. First one. Yeah, two. First one goes to Travis Kelsey. I I mean, my goodness. Just took, took the game over. Absolutely took the game over at the end of the game. I obviously sitting at home right now trying to recover from his positive test. We don't want him drinking a whole bunch of carbs. So we're giving him some vodka to help <laughs> that way. He doesn't put on some extra pounds while he's at home. And while Noah Gay's Gray's getting some great, great reps right now with the first team. Great. One, great. 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 Reps. reps. Um, that one home. The uh, the second one goes to Ben Neiman. Uh, ben Neiman made some plays this weekend. He wasn't great on everything that they asked him to do, but made more plays than I think everybody realizes. Uh, the one at the goal line, you know, flying through there, making the stuff on Eckler, for, and then Turk Wharton forcing the fumble. Awesome. That's great. There were a couple plays in the run game when the Chiefs did get a stop. Ben Neiman taking on good blocking tight ends and really setting the edge, resetting the line of scrimmage. He was one of the few guys that actually was able to stack and make an impact in the run game. I felt like this was one of his better games and he got demoted from the dime in the middle of it. So I I don't know, but a whole last bottle of vodka for that guy for showing up, making some very crucial, very important plays on a defense that, absolutely needed it this week now can we give him kelsey's extra carbs so that he can continue to stack and shed blocks oh yes let's do that let's put some more weight on ben neiman yeah a whole ass uh, crate of uh, milk stouts (laughs) well that's gonna do it for this episode of the casey laboratory a special thank you to youthful regis for for jumping on the show here you're very Uh, welcome oh hey wow where'd that come from uh, thank you so much to Emprise Bank. We will catch y'all later in the week with a game preview for Chief Steelers. We'll talk to you later. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.